Welcome into the Daily Illinois Sports Podcast. It's Josh Peach and Carson Gordy here to recap Illinois' 24-3 win versus Virginia. Uh, Carson, I don't think the score showed really how close that game was. No, the game could have been 45-3. to I mean, Illinois was driving the ball early in the first half, but turnovers really just handcuffed the offense and the margin of victory. But the defense, you know, the way they were playing, the way they were getting pressure in the second half, I mean, Brendan Armstrong never had a chance to bring Virginia back into the game. Yeah, I mean, for as good as the defense played, if you would have told me two weeks ago, you're going to beat Virginia by three touchdowns, I would have been going crazy. I would have, yeah. I would have, you know, thought this team would have, you know, put up a great offensive performance. The defense was shut down. But unfortunately, only one of those two things was true because despite scoring 24 points, the defense had a lot of mistakes, didn't capitalize on key opportunities. And once again, you know, turnovers are starting to hurt this team. I think with the defense, I say in the first half, they played perfect. Because in the first half, they weren't getting as much pressure on Armstrong. But the secondary did a good job of not allowing separation. In the second half, that kind of changed. Armstrong started finding some open targets. They started gaining some yards. But the five new offense alignment for Virginia and experience couldn't handle, you know, Newton and Keith Randolph or Rudolph. So that was the biggest difference for me. Like, I felt like this was a really good matchup for Illinois because in the first two weeks, Illinois only had one sack. We didn't get a ton of pressure against Indiana and Blazek, you know, ripped apart our secondary. Well, against Virginia, against the inexperienced offensive line, well, we were getting to Armstrong, so we couldn't make those throws. If you rewatch the second half, Armstrong was running backwards like the entire second half. He was rattled. Yeah, I think it was Keith Randolph you meant to say. But, yeah, no, the Randolph, defense yeah. the defense was great. Um, freshman Gabe Jacus, I don't know if I'm saying that properly, had a great game uh, in the secondary. Kendall Smith and – Matt Bailey had interceptions. Matt Bailey had the key touchdown special Bailey, teams. Yeah, Bailey had a great game. But my star of the game was Devon Witherspoon. Yes. He was reading Brennan Armstrong like a children's book. Yeah. He was all over Armstrong the whole time. There are countless plays of him basically covering two or three receivers kind of at once and just making the perfect read. He led the nation or the Big Ten, excuse me, in pass breakups. He was awesome. He didn't record a pick, but he was just awesome about reading the quarterback and really being the leader of this defense that had an awesome day. He only allowed four receptions for 11 yards. Yeah. I mean, he shut down Virginia. I mean, Virginia has good wide receivers. They are talented. Armstrong, one of the top, you know, quarterbacks in their conference, the ACC. But yeah, Witherspoon played with energy. He was taunting Virginia. He was, you know, at the end of the game, he was running off the sidelines and he was waving goodbye to Virginia. I like that, by the way. Yeah, no, he, he played with a lot of energy. Witherspoon was probably the player of the game. I agree. And like I said, the secondary was good. Keith Randolph is something special. John Newton, too. Those are NFL yeah. guys, in my opinion. Let's, let's turn it over to the offense for a second and talk about the bad. The second play of the game for Illinois, DeVito has Brian Hightower wide open on the sideline. If he catches it or hit, throws him in stride, it's a touchdown. But instead, he underthrows him and it's a pick. Beyond that, DeVito lost a fumble, Chase Brown lost a fumble, and Pat Bryant lost a fumble on what would have been a touchdown. So four turnovers all in the first half, I believe. I feel like DeVito um, lost concentration in the second half. And granted, I think Brett Bielema probably took the foot off the gas because they knew that Virginia wasn't going to move the ball against Illinois. Like they were content with running the ball with Chase Brown, with Reggie Love, and getting out of the game. But like we were all excited, like, hey, the tight ends got some action. Like Luke Ford caught some, you know, caught some mm -hmm. balls. You know, I think he had the most receptions for Illinois. 
Yeah. I'm pretty sure. But the problem was with Luke Ford, why wasn't he, you know, going more vertical with his routes? You know, they were throwing it to him at the flat at the line of scrimmage. And then he was getting ganged up, you know, by, you know, the secondary of Virginia. I felt like the offense didn't take enough chances. And I think against Virginia, you can get away with it because they have a porous run defense. I mean, Chase Brown was running it for seven yards a carry. But when we're playing Iowa, when we're playing Wisconsin, I don't think this offense has proven to us that we can score against them. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like Iowa only scores 10 points, but who says we're going to score 11? Exactly. So no, I, I totally agree with you because they didn't take a lot of shots this week. Granted, they didn't have to, like you said, you have to, you know, play to the score of the game. And when you're up 21 to three at halftime, obviously you're more concerned about other things, but let's take week one game two against Indiana where they do have to take shots in the fourth and it ends up having three turnovers in the red zone, all within three drives of each other or the very first play of the game where they do take a shot downfield DeVito underthrows them. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. Unfortunately, you know, 24 points is awesome. The three points on defense given up is so much better because we still haven't seen the offense able to explode and hit on big plays that, like you said, could get you a win over Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota, Purdue, all games that are coming yeah. up on the schedule. It's also, we got to remember, it was only 17 offensive points. Yeah. Like their first touchdown, like I was not feeling good about Illinois. Like, yeah, the defense was playing well. But they were not moving the ball. It was three and outs. It was fumbles. It was interceptions. And then Virginia fumbles the punt return. And, you know, they recover in the end zone. That sparked the entire game. Like, right. that, that changed the game. Like Shout that, out Sidney Brown on that play, by the way, too, for causing the fumble. Yeah. That was awesome. So, like, with this team, though, it's, uh, it's a little too vanilla right now. And I think Barry Lunny is competent. I think I appreciate that they have incorporated, you know, a quick passing game. But they need to take more routes, you know, more vertical routes. Because Chase Brown against Iowa, he's not going to have 150 yards. Right. He's going to have 60. He's yeah. going to have 70. And DeVito is going to have to prove that Pat Bryant and Isaiah Williams, you know, can make big plays down the field. So here's, here's what I think. Like you said, part of the reason Illinois was shut out against Wisconsin last year is because all they really had was a run offense. You know, you had uh, Art Sikowski, a quarterback who – is not a starting quarterback in the Big Ten, in my opinion, though we showed it at times. It just wasn't good enough against a strong Wisconsin defense in your you know, route running if the receivers wasn't there either. Pat Bryant has shown us on multiple occasions now he can route run. The only problem that he made was fumbling, you know, basically yeah. the goal line on a ball that should have been a touchdown. Casey Washington, one reception for 24 yards. It was a big 24 yards, and he made a nice catch. He's your hands guy. Isaiah Williams, three for 19. I don't have much to say about Isaiah right now, but we know what he can do. Great with the punt returns. Yes. That changed the game. Yes. Too. So Isaiah went yeah. great there. And then yeah. Brian Hightower should have had a touchdown the second play of the game. The way he got past his defender was great. DeVito throws a good pass and it's probably a touchdown. So we know that we have wide receivers who can get open and make plays, polish up the fumbling. It's all on DeVito now to make a big throw. Indiana, he didn't do it. Virginia, he didn't do it though. He only really had one chance. Yeah. Second half, like there was a near interception, you know, in the red zone, you know, he was missing guys on third down. One thing I was seeing, it'd be like third and seven and Lunny calls up a play call where they only throw it four yards, right? Like you have to throw past, you know, the first down line. I I, I couldn't tell you, like, I, I don't know what Lunny's, you know, line of thinking is so far. Like, yeah, Chase Brown's gotten 150 yards, three straight games, but a lot of our most successful plays in the passing game were set up by the run. 
So we got to see it. You know, there's really not much else to say other than, you know, DeVito has to step it up. We have to see that Syracuse potential of hitting the deep ball. And I, and I hope he'll get there. You know, he hasn't really started as a QB in a few years. I think, you know, just getting used to the team and the system and all that. It's different. It's Big Ten football. Let, just to recap, defensively was awesome. After throwing for 400 yards and yeah. five touchdowns last year, Armstrong was held to 180 yards, no touchdowns and two interceptions. Illinois has not given up a touchdown at home this season and has only given up two touchdowns all season so far. So I think that's pretty awesome. Rushing, they were held to 42 yards. So, so moving on now, I think that Illinois is in a pretty interesting position because you have the bye week this week. We know that Brett and crew want to use a lot of that to recruit, which is fine. Uh, I know that Kevin Kane is within the state of Illinois right now. Brett's going to travel across a different, a few different states. And it also helps that you have Chattanooga coming up. You don't have to prep for much. That's on a Thursday. And then the next Saturday is when you have Wisconsin. So with that being said, what do you think we're going to see in the Chattanooga game? Do you think that they might try and, you know, send Isaiah for a big play and have a couple looks at explosive plays? Do you think they're still going to hold that for Wisconsin? Like, do you have any expectations I, for what we're going to see Thursday night yeah. next week against Chattanooga? Considering what we've seen from Illinois over the past two years, and I'm not giving Brett Bielema any crap. This was a huge win. First non-conference game, you know, victory over a power five team since 2011. Yeah, it's a big deal. Virginia threw for 400 yards last year. Now it's less than 200. You know, this was a great win. Yeah. Like it, it gave confidence to the Illinois program. We like to talk about preparation with Brett, right? Yeah. And he did exactly that. Yeah. He got his team ready to play. But I do think he likes to play close to the chest. I think he's going to see Chattanooga and treat it like a Charlotte. I, I think they're going to run the ball a lot. I think Chase Brown's going to have 20 carries, then they're going to take him out. You know, guys like Reggie Love are going to have big games with 15 carries. Maybe Chase Hayden gets involved. Like that, yeah. And then I, I think it's going to be Vanilla. I think that's kind of like a 31 nothing kind of victory. And, you know, Illinois runs for 280 yards. I think they are saving the good stuff for Wisconsin. I think that early on, kind of like against Virginia, we could see at least one or two shots downfield yeah. just to get DeVito used to it. If it's within the first two drives, I don't think it hurts you, right? You got to score those 31 points somehow, right? And yes, a lot of them are going to come on the ground. But but I do think Lonnie and Brett might say, all right, our offensive production this year has been maybe slightly above mediocre, I think well, would like, be a fair way yeah. to say it. So. Let's see some execution on a deep ball. Literally all I'm asking here, I want to see a big deep ball play. Indiana did it against us in week one, which was game two. Uh, we failed to do it against Virginia. We didn't really try it against Wyoming. Let's give it a shot. Yeah, DeVito made a good play. It was set up on the play action where I forgot who caught it, but it got Illinois to like the one yard line. Remember it was seven to three, then he made like that huge throw yes. at the corner. But um, yeah, I mean, DeVito has to show more. You know, we look at last year's offense, you know, people compare stats. Like I saw Jeremy Warner compare the, the stats of the first three games of this year to the whole season of last year. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the first three Illinois games. That was 30 points against Nebraska, 37 points against UTSA, and then only 14 against Virginia. Right. What has Illinois shown that was that much different than last year? Not a ton. That's the thing. Like, it, it made me confident that, you know, there's more emphasis on a quick passing game. Chase Brown looks like a better running back. You know, Isaiah Williams, you know, he's making plays in space. But really, if you look at the whole, you know, statistics, they really haven't shown they're that much better than last so year. So they haven't shown that they're that much better. But what's clear to me is that the ceiling is way higher. Because yeah. if you execute on like 
three different plays, that's at least 21 more points from your sure. offense. So the ceiling's there. The execution hasn't been there. It's just nice knowing that you have an offensive coordinator that is going to get you more points yeah. and you have more playmakers on the, you know, on the roster in full. So yes, I agree with you. Have we seen much? No, we haven't. The defense is really saving us here. Yeah. But, but the ceiling is just so much higher. And I don't think you can dispute that. No, like this team could win seven, eight games. For sure. Like you look at Iowa. Yeah, that can be a win. You look at the Wisconsin game. I mean, they lost to a Washington State team that is not physical in the trenches. I was going to say, they're not supposed to be good, by the way. That's no. a really bad the, loss. That's going to be a six and six, seven and five pack 12 team. Yeah. That's not, a, you know, they were 17 point underdogs to Wisconsin. So the wins are there potentially for Illinois, but it scares me. Like Purdue comes into town. Yep. You know, here's one thing I'll bring up too, but like against um, Indiana, like Blazelak was releasing the ball quick. Like he refused to get sacked. Well, Armstrong was taking sacks. Yeah. So against Indiana, like we weren't getting a pass rush, you know, he neutralized it. You know, they put up 23 points. I truly believe that Virginia was just an excellent matchup for us. Their terrible offensive line made our defense. Like, I think our defense is really good this season, but dude, we look like the 85 bears on Saturday. A little bit. Yeah. So a little bit. So we pretty much the offense needs to step it up defense. They're going to do their thing. 17 points a game, probably in conference play, but yeah, the offense has to um, step it up. So let's talk about some of these big 10 games, you know, conference games that we'll have coming up after Chattanooga, because this was a very, well, weird day of college football and whole, but you saw Northwestern lose at home to Duke, yeah. Wisconsin lose at home to Washington State, and you saw Nebraska lose at home to Georgia Southern. That's the big one just because of, you know, the coaching change. Scott Frost has been fired. We we're going to talk about that job a little bit. Iowa lost at home to Iowa State as well. The, the West is literally wide open it's wide open because they're super offensively challenged yeah except for nebraska i'd say nebraska has a good offense but their defense took a serious serious step back their defense might be one of the worst in power five period like kansas level bad yeah yeah and and it's weird because that nebraska defensive coordinator there was talks about hey why doesn't he just get promoted to head coach last year right because it made so much improvement he's the reason why scott frost is fired yeah which is ironic i know it's weird they get a good defense scott frost is three and oh so, yeah, the, it's wide open. Iowa is one of the most frustrating offenses to watch. They're the exact opposite. Great defense, worst Great offense. Defense. Brian Ferentz has got to go. I mean, but he's not. Kirk is being too nice to him as a father. If Iowa would have to miss a bowl game this year. Yeah. Like, that's what it would take. Unfortunately. And that's Unfortunately for other people, it might be possible for Iowa to miss a bowl game. Probably not, but I'm sure they'll pick yeah. it up. But the fact that Illinois fans are looking at that Iowa game being like, hey, home game, there's a chance that we're going to be saying, like, we should win that game. It tells you all you need to know about Iowa's year so far. The computers favor Illinois against Iowa. Purdue, they're still underdogs. Wisconsin, they're still underdogs. Michigan State, they're still underdogs. I bet you the computers have Illinois making a bowl game. I think it's at five. Interesting. So they they got to take one. Well, you you assume you're going to beat Chattanooga. Chattanooga, Northwestern, Northwestern, Iowa. They don't have Illinois over Nebraska. Nebraska, that's a coin toss. I cannot okay. confirm that. Right. Nebraska might be fifty-four because Nebraska, like I said, their their defense is just horribly bad now. And that's gonna be a program. Like, let's see if they step it up. Like Scott Frost is gone, and you were playing for the next head coach. Yeah, who are they gonna get? 
So that's, that's the question. We've seen multiple lists from national media outlets. I think some of, you know, the, the names on that list are, are crazy. One of them being Illinois coach, Brett Bielma. Yes, he may succeed in a program like Nebraska, but I can't see Brett leaving Illinois right now. No, I, Brett would perform really well at Nebraska. What do they need? They need a competent staff which he can build yeah. and they need to install toughness in the trenches. Mm -hmm. Look what he's done to Illinois in 14 games. Exactly that. He would work at Nebraska. PJ well. Fleck would be excellent at Nebraska. I agree. Because he has a certain amount of gravitas. He's super energetic. He would love it. All the national titles in the background, like he would embrace Nebraska. In fact, I bet you if Fleck and Bielema weren't within not only the conference, but the division with, within the conference, I could see them taking that job. Now, would Nebraska want either of them is the question. They like, you know, Nebraska is still living in the 80s. They think that they're, you know, top tier program. And what some people don't realize is that Nebraska has all the money in the world from the boosters. They still have the fan base and they do have history. But with that being said, Fleck and Bielema, I doubt they'd want to move within the same division of the same conference. I think for, they're not even going to call Bielema. That's no, not going to be a thing. Not, I think they will make a call to PJ Fleck. I think so too. Because he's young. He's proven that he can recruit the Midwest pretty well. Um, PJ Flex, a guy that you, you know you keep your eye on. A big name that I thought about for Nebraska is Matt Rule. Matt Rules uh, from didn't Car work out with, with the Carolina Panthers. So he gets fired from the Carolina Panthers. This guy turned around Temple. He was going 11 and 3, turned around Baylor after Baylor got slammed by the NCAA. Art Browse gets fired. He brings him to a sugar bowl. You know, yeah, and I know a lot of people went at Baylor, but he's the guy that got it back on track. Watch out for Matt Rule and then potentially Matt Campbell, but I think he might view it as a lateral job. Right. So I think that Matt Campbell is very interesting because, you know, Matt Campbell was in talks for the Notre Dame job. A lot of people have thought about him taking current bigger programs, uh, jobs as they, they become available. But I think the Matt Campbell one's interesting because. A lot of people are saying Matt Campbell may have maxed out his potential at Iowa State. I think the peak was probably a year or two ago when they were ranked fifth in the country and mm -hmm. underperformed. Iowa State is not as you know historical a program as Nebraska. Nebraska has better fans. And with all the money coming in from the Big Ten, that's going to be way more, significantly more than what he'd be able to make at a school like Iowa State. This is the yeah. first big job on the market. I, you know, as I think about it more, it makes more sense to me that Campbell, who can recruit, who may not, you know, have anything left to give to Iowa State, could take this Nebraska job. I think the one thing that saves Iowa State is that Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. Right. So it's a wide open conference. It's going to be them and Oklahoma State in the winner of the Big 12 will have a guaranteed spot in the playoff. Right. He has all the job security in the world at Iowa State. And he has told sources, well, sources have told in the past that the only two jobs that he would consider are Notre Dame and Iowa State. Because you look at Nebraska, Bo Pelini gets fired after going 9-4. and four. Mike Riley, yeah. they hated him right off the bat. Frank yeah. Solis takes over for Tom Osborne. He makes a national championship game. They fire him. Well, Scott Frost was just not a good head coach. Right. He deserved to get fired, and they gave him a chance. But I think for Campbell, like, I don't know. Like, go to Iowa State, go 8-4, and four, make the college football playoff as an automatic qualifier, and finally wait for Marcus Freeman to get fired. I think what's interesting about, you know, you bring up, you know, like the job security at Nebraska. So, Bo Pelini, 
got fired after going nine and three, right? But there's a couple of interesting things about Bo Pelini. He lost by a lot of points in a lot of different games his first four years. Big games. He lost all the big games. And then the other thing is like, let's look at Bo Pelini, by the way. He didn't get offered a single big job after getting fired. I'm not sure Bo Pelini, I think beyond the winning, I think there's an attitude problem with him. And Campbell is the exact opposite of an attitude problem. The thing with Pelini is that he did not get along with boosters. Right. Like Nebraska football fans, like, that's what they got. They love football. And their boosters will always be there. Yeah. Like stuff like the Papadol show with Brett Bielema. Right. That would be packed with Nebraska fans. Of course it would. And they want to talk to the coach. They want to develop relationships. Bo Pelini just wanted to coach with these guys. Yeah. The players loved him, but the boosters and the fans hated him. The athletic mm-hmm. director hated him. So, yeah, that was a big, you know – personnel problem you know but um yeah with matt campbell is he viewed as highly by the notre dames by the ohio states maybe nebraska is the best job he can do and if he thinks that's the case then i would say take it but he would have to bet on himself he would if he thinks that he will someday be the coach of one of the top two midwest programs i would stay at iowa state yeah that's good it'll be interesting to see if he gets the call or when he gets the call and what he says Last guy I want to talk about for the Nebraska job that I think will be offered, should be offered, maybe not because he's not as big a name, is Lance Leipold, Kansas's coach. Kansas is super well improved. They're scoring points. He knows how to build programs. He's no nonsense. I don't know if Nebraska gets him. Right. Because I don't think they would trust him to recruit. Yeah, because Frost did recruit, but here's what Nebraska teams did under Frost, especially recently. They had the offense. They didn't have the defense. Well, you look at Leipold at Kansas right now, they just, yes, they beat West Virginia at West Virginia. That's a major win, especially for Kansas. Look at the score of that game. 55 to 42. Like they are giving up a lot of points. Yeah, that's the big 12. So you would just have to trust Lance that he can adapt to other programs. I think he's going to stay at Kansas. I, I bet Nebraska doesn't even call him, which I think is sad, you know, to show where Nebraska boosters and fans think they are. But if they did get Lance, I think that'd be a good hire. That's a safety hire. I think Lance would take it. I don't think you stay at Kansas. Like if Nebraska comes calling with $7 million a year, you're going to take the job. Two years ago, Buffalo, Lance probably said to himself, I'm going to take this Kansas job as a transition job. When a big offer comes up, I'll take it. I bet he would take it. Well, we thought Illinois would have been interested in him. It was, I think it got down to Bielema or Leipold, yeah. And I I think Bielema was the big front runner though. Once Whitman kind of decided like big 10 guy, Wisconsin, you know, can sell, you know, a press conference, he was going to get the job. Well, of course, Bielema was the front runner because Leipold would have taken the job in a heartbeat. Yeah. So, of course, he wanted Brett Moore, and I think he made the right play there. Leipold can flat-out coach, though, man. Whitewater won a bunch of national championships. Buffalo was turned around. This Nebraska job is going to be a super interesting development this year. I agree. Uh, Before we wrap up, let's talk about some of the other major losses in college football this week. Um, A&M lost at home to Appalachian State. Notre Dame lost at home to Marshall. Um, like we said, Wisconsin lost at home. Iowa lost to Iowa State, not as major, but it's just another Big Ten team losing. Weird week for college football. Alabama almost loses at Texas when even when Quinn Ewers goes down. Yeah, it, it was a weird week. And if you're a Texas A&M fan, you want your money back. Because Jimbo Fisher just got a huge extension not to go to LSU. Right. So you are paying this man. million a year to go eight and four. He has the exact same record as Kevin Sumlin through the first 50 games. When you look at Jimbo Fisher, there's one clear outlier here. Well, there's There's three. 
There, there's two or three. So obviously when they won it in 2013, then the yeah. next year, Jameis was still there. And yes, they were undefeated, but there was no schedule there. And then Oregon after the first half blew them out in the college football playoff in the very first year. And the third year is. Uh, well, I'd say the COVID year, Texas yeah. A&M. Right. Remember they go nine and one, but they lost to Alabama by 28. Exactly. I think they only had one ranked win. Right. So that was just a fluky, strange year with Kellen Mond. Right. So here's what Jimbo Fisher is doing. He's recruiting outstanding. The number one recruiting class coming into this year. Yep. That's awesome. Here's what he's not done. He's not put together the best staff and he hasn't won big games yet, except he did arguably the most important thing he could. And that was beat Alabama. That was an upset though. And they took that upset win and went eight and four. Right. So, you know, eventually with Jimbo Fisher, like, yeah, cool. You brought in the number one recruiting class one season what do you think Alabama does every single year? Right. It's top two. What do you think Georgia does? It's top three. So yeah, like your 2022 class, it's great. But Alabama is right behind you with a better offensive system, you know, with the better head coach, with the better staff, with the more experienced players. I think Texas A&M, they should be looking across to Austin, Texas and be like, holy crap, we're screwed. Once Texas joins the SEC, I mean, they're going to be the little brother in the Lone Star State. Jimbo's not getting fired for the next few years. Like it's anyone, too expensive. Anyone that, anyone that yeah. thinks that has to cut that idea right out of their head. But AM is – I think Jimbo Fisher has the chance to turn around. I don't think he's the coach he was five or ten years ago. Uh, about Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman is winless as Notre Dame's coach. Yeah, I don't think Marcus Freeman is ready for prime time. Nope. I think he's 35 years old. I think he will be a great head coach someday. But what I think is possible – he gets fired at Notre Dame, goes back, season. not after the season. I think he'll get two, three years. Like, say they go six and six this year, seven and five. And the next year they go six and six again. I think he's gone because Notre Dame, this was a program that Brian Kelly left in a really good spot. And they could roll up their sleeves and hopefully pay a Luke Fickle, pay a Matt Campbell, like get a big name. What, what about P.J. Fleck at Notre Dame? I think Fickle would be next. Fickle would be Fickle's great. Fickle's the guy, unless Fickle was offered and didn't want it. But it seemed to me like the Notre Dame AD was pretty much right away, like, Freeman's going to get this Well, yeah, job. they thought, like, we got Freeman. He's the, you know, the energetic recruiter, great defense. But Notre Dame's had good defenses for the past six seasons. Mm-hmm. It's not like Marcus Freeman did, like, this magic turnaround. I think Freeman has potential, but it doesn't seem like he's a killer. Like, you walk down the sideline. You are scared of Brian Kelly. Oh, yeah. You do not want to get on his bad side. I don't see that with Marcus Freeman. Not yet. He's too young. He's 35 yeah. years old. He should be a coordinator. I know that the culture that he's bringing is great. Notre Dame They're like players and fans and boosters are raving about him. You blow a 28-7 to 7 lead in your yeah. bowl game last year. You were competitive at Ohio State. That's fine. But then losing to Marshall at home is just one of the worst losses I've ever seen out of like Notre Dame for sure. Yeah, no, it's that was pathetic. 20-point favorites, top 10 in the country, and now their season's over. Yep. I mean, they still got to play Kansas, USC, North Carolina can outscore them. They have nothing to play for. No, maybe, a, you know, a, what, a Champs Bowl? Join a conference already. Come on. Join, join the Big Ten. Conference. Join the Big Ten. Yeah, join the Big Come on. Join, join, the, join a dang conference. We would love to take you. We have you in hockey. That's that. Yeah. Basketball would have to transition, but that's fine. Big Ten's fine with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so weird week for college football. Illinois. But a fun week. week. Very fun week. Weird week, fun week. Big Ten West is wide open. 
Uh, I'm not over the Indiana loss. Never will be. Probably never will be, especially if Illinois ends up like second or third in the Big Ten this year. Yeah. Like Illinois players, staff, fans will always remember that game. I sure will. I was at the game. but Hey, it was the same as Virginia, to be honest with you. DeVito plays inconsistent, bunch of turnovers. Things big, went your way. The big difference was Illinois rattled Armstrong. Yep. So they couldn't get a comeback. Yep. So Illinois, you know, get consistent defensive pressure, and then you're good. They got to prove it. They had things go their way. Now they have a bye week coming up, uh, early week against Chattanooga, then a long week to prepare for Wisconsin, which we know Brett will be very prepared for. Yep. This is our first big coaching gig. Revenge tour. Yep. All right, well, that'll do it for this episode. Uh, from Carson and Josh, this has been the Daily Alumni Sports